Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer State Studios. It's brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products is right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels championship aspirations all year long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury-ins and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at drurihotels.com. Burrito Express. Your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey. Be part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. For lunch, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your next office party. We are the best for barbecue Las Vegas style. Great West College Hockey Podcast is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strady and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. A very special night for us tonight on the Great West College Hockey Podcast. It is not a uh, typical show tonight for a bunch of good reasons. Uh, the first being, this is the end of our fiscal year, and we kind of want to do a little uh, round table and year in review. So Scott Strandy with you tonight in a very thunderstormy and uh, uh, cooling off Denver, Colorado. Uh, my co-host is always Stephen Marsh joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Paul Hornstein joining us from uh, Long Island, New York on Long Island, New York, where I understand he went to a baseball game today and uh, the drive home could have been uh, two baseball games, but we'll get into that in a little bit. And uh, our free agent acquisition is with us tonight. Nick Maxson is joining us again. Great to have Nick on board. Uh, hope you'll stay tuned for the entire show, folks, and enjoy our recap. This is the way things are going to go. We're going to uh, move through um, the uh, ACHA, then the NCAA, then the AHL. And then we'll end things tonight by talking about where we're headed, because we've got big news for you in addition to our free agent. So um, let's dig in. First of all, Stephen, how are you? Oh, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just uh, excited for, the, uh, for this discussion. I have some copious notes of some th things from the ACHA <laughs> and the AHL. Hopefully I can I read them. because you do. <laughs> I hope I can read my handwriting. That's always the problem. Can I, read my, can I read my handwriting? But we'll see how it goes. But everything is going well. Okay. Well, you can hear me okay because I'm running the board, I hope. So uh, everything came through okay? Yeah, everything is going through. Well, I want to ask Paul how that Mets game was today. Uh, <laughs> well, are we counting the final score or not? <laughs> well, if you don't care about the final score, it was probably it was probably good. <laughs> well, it actually was. I mean, it was great pitchers duel. I love pitchers duels. Game rides on every pitch. Anybody that tells you that a pitchers duel is boring, um, 
No. No. Pitchers' duels are not boring. The game rides on every pitch because one mistake, and that's exactly what it was this afternoon, a two-strike mistake cost the Mets the win or at least a chance to win the game. Um, you know, well, hopefully there wasn't any trash can banging involved with the Astros. Uh, first of all, the Astros got screwed. So let's, you know, I don't want to hear it. That's that's nonsense. Oh, I know. Uh, you you know as well as I do the expression: if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So let's not let's not even go there. You people that are Astro haters are so wrong that it's not even funny. I guess it's okay. just We're I guess not- I, I guess that's just the Angels fan in me that kind of has a little bit extra hatred for the Astros. But well, listen, you can not like it. I despise the Atlanta Braves and the Cubs <laughs> and the Cardinals and uh, the Dodgers and the Giants. And I can run off a whole list of teams that I despise and when they, the, the Phillies and, 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 okay. And, okay. okay Scott, I'm sorry. When I, I opened up that can of worms. Uh, well, no, the can of worms that Scott <laughs> opened up is that I've never been it. in traffic leaving a parking lot like I was today. And I've been to the Rose we'll get- bowl. And, well, and we'll get and, to that. We'll get to that. Hold oh, on a minute. Jesus. We gotta we gotta bring on our free agent. We're not gonna just leave our free agent hanging Whatever. out. Whatever he needs Nick a better Jackson. agent is what he needs. How are you, Nick? Apparently better than everybody else. I'm just sitting here enjoying the fun. <laughs> well, Freddie Freeman's in, in need of a new agent too, so well, he is. it's true. <laughs> all right, let's 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 you, all you can tell hockey season's Paul. over we're, we're talking baseball on a hockey podcast. What are we doing? Well, we're well rounded. Let's talk about Let's talk about Paul's ride home real quickly. Um, do it quicker than the trip itself. Uh, well, that's not possible because the game was shorter than the trip home. The game lasted two hours and 45 minutes, maybe a little less. The drive home? Uh, and the drive not home? 245. Let's put it that way. How many miles is that, Paul, roughly? 55. Oh, you kind of love New York. Anyway, Nick, great to have you on. As uh, as everybody said, uh, as we were talking here, and uh, I kind of opened the show with, uh, we're going to do a little recap. So uh, being our fiscal year starts in July, um, we will start from last July and work our way around till this June. Um, uh, I, I know there's some areas of expertise. Stephen, obviously, is at the ACHA National Tournament, covers a lot of ACHA, so Obviously, he'll have the most on that. But, guys, uh, feel uh, free to interact on any part of it. I'll try to keep it within about, I don't know, 10 to, or 12 to 15 minutes per segment so that we can uh, break the news of our uh, newest venture at the very end. So, Stephen, give us some, give us some opening uh, thoughts about uh, the ACHA season as you saw it this year. Well, I was real impressed about – you know, the bounce back from the ACHA, obviously after the, the COVID, you know, shortened really smaller field of teams that competed last year or in the 2021 season uh, because of the, the pandemic. And then obviously the national tournament getting canceled the year before that. So just the bounce back and just the strength of the ACHA, uh, the COVID didn't, didn't hinder that. It's almost made it stronger in a way. Um, so that was kind of the thing that kind of stuck out to me for, as a whole general uh, sense of the, uh, the season. Um, a couple of things that I wrote down from from the that I was just thinking here the last hour or so preparing for the show, um, and of course some of this is UNLV skewed, but some of it's also the wait, a lot wait. of it is you, you do you prep? 
<laughs> on occasion. <laughs> Am I supposed to be doing that? <laughs> you don't need to prep. You got you got everything oh, in your goodness. you got everything in your head there. If I don't write it down, I forget. No, there's nothing in my head. I can promise you that they've taken those X-rays. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, a couple of things that uh, uh, more UNLV side of things. Um, the two things I'll share first. Um, is that UNLV did a midnight game this year, which was the first time they had hosted a midnight game, and that was a lot of fun, other than I had to stay up to like 3.30, 4 in the morning to, to do it because we did WCHL Game of the Week features, which I thought were, were really cool when we when we got those done, to be able to feature two teams playing each other, talk with the coaches, a player, uh, whoever won the game, and, and to feature some of these WCHL teams because uh, that was a lot of the focus of our coverage for the uh, season, obviously, is the 10 teams there. And, and the first one we did was the midnight game, and so I had to stay up late for that, but that was that was a lot of fun. Um, it was a good game. It was very competitive between UNLV and Utah. Uh, UNLV ended up winning that game, but but just having that game at midnight, it's it's just such a Vegas thing. Uh, and the, the ECHL team did that here for for a lot of years. Liberty does it in the ACHA, and so, so I think those two things, UNLV decided to give it a try, and it was very successful. Had a lot of the um, I think it had a lot of the fraternities, a lot of the Greek Greek people, uh, life students there. Um, at, at that hour, so it was it was really a great environment there. I mean, UNLV's environments for their games is really uh, pretty good most nights, but just adding that extra element to it, uh, being being at midnight, I think was really cool. So I really liked that. I, and I, the other thing I wrote down too was the UNLV Liberty rivalry really heated up this year. I think. I mean, I mean, I don't. I was, I was actually <laughs> it probably developed because it wasn't really a rivalry before this season, but they got a chance to play each other. End up playing each other four times, uh, three times in the regular season. UNLV winning the Chicago Classic, which is something I didn't write down, but I'll mention that now. But which was the gauntlet they went through to win that uh, the, in the three days, and but beating Liberty and then playing Liberty again in Lib in Virginia, and those were some very uh, intense games there. And UNLV ended up winning their midnight game there that they beat Liberties, and then of course they squared off at the national tournament and. And UNLV was able to, to beat them then. So those were the couple of things there. You want me to keep going? Want me to go right to the tournament? Or you want to you want to add anything? Uh, anybody want to add to that, Paul, Nick? Anybody got anything to say about ACHA hockey? Well, I got a couple of things to say. We we, we see the movement with the ACHA hockey all the time, right? We've got uh, teams moving up and down in divisions, okay, um, which. Uh, like, for example, the, the San Diego States and the Oregons, and I know we harp on that a lot, but okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, we, 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 you know, we saw Lindenwood um, use their national championship to push themselves over the top. Yeah, my nickname for the ACHA National Tournament this year was the Lindenwood NCAA Coronation. Well, um, <laughs> rumor has it there's going to be another school that might be doing that next year, but we're not going to get into that. Um, Is it a school I'm familiar with? <laughs> maybe. It's just a rumor, though. I don't want to, you know, I'm just saying that's just You know what they say about rumors. <laughs> well, I get it. I'm just, I just, and, and the other thing is, um, and I'll throw this in there because we had him on a couple of weeks ago, but you know me, I'm always looking for... Scott always gets on my case and says, I don't look for these marketing ideas, but uh, we had the Georgia coach on a couple of weeks ago and okay, guys. So there's apparently they just started a second um, 
federation or organization for ACHA. Um, let's go. That, I mean, it's just begging it right there. Let's go after the after various <laughs> champions are crowned. Let's go. Let's get a best two out of three to see who. Yeah, you like that idea, don't you? I do like that idea. Let's go. I mean, you're gonna. I mean, let's get let's get more rivalries going. What's better than that? You know, let's let's do it. Why is that a bad thing? You can rotate it. You know, one year it can be in one of the AC. You know, the the ACHA schools, and the next year it can be one of the CHF schools. Let's go. Let's let, grow the game, right? Let's go. Grow the game. That's what it's all about. Okay, Stephen, uh, tell us about the national tournament because I had hoped to be there. Uh, illness sidelined me, but you made it there. You made it to every game, uh, at least at the ACHA D1 level, which is our focus. Um, give us a thumbnail, if you can, uh, about that week in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, well, as I said, it was the Lindenwood NCAA coronation. You know, they, everyone, there was this rumor all year long, or there was this hubbub about Lindenwood. You know, there was the talk about, are they, they're going to be going NCAA, but then there was now... Then there were some questions. There were some hurdles along the way as the season went along. Even at the national tournament, there was like, no, this isn't happening. And then things kind of changed as the national tournament was going on. Some certain events took place, and that led everything to kind of them making that that jump to the next level. Um, obviously, winning the the national tournament was was great. I mean, Lindenwood was the the top team in the the ACHA uh, all year long. They didn't play too many games in the regular season because of some some COVID things. That was still a little bit of a factor for them. Um, they did play some NCAA opponents, as as you as you well know, and, and so it's. Uh, but the overall the, for the ACHA tournament as a whole uh, was was a great experience. It was my first uh, taste of it in person. I followed it, uh, you know, a few years prior, you know, you, with UNLV closely when I was more involved with them, but. But just seeing it in person was the fir first time was was a really great experience and and how great the the ACHA does the production of it and and the facility helped too. I mean it was a great facility. St. Louis uh, Commission, St. Louis Blues, uh, Lindenwood University, all all great in putting it uh, together. Having the the venue there it was a great venue to have this format that the ACHA seems to like doing, where all the divisions are in one spot, and to have all the divisions playing there. There was three or four different ice sheets. And so it was about 80 teams, I think, is what the uh, the director said that ended up being at the tournament. There were over 100 games played over those 10 days or so. So it was it was really uh, really well done, and the, and the hockey was, was really great. Um, other than it being cold, but that was that was okay. <laughs> you know, you gave me you gave me you gave me this big heavy jacket a while back. You know, nice ice time hockey jacket, and I'm thinking, when am I ever gonna get an opportunity to wear? Then we had the pandemic, didn't travel anywhere. Well, I got good use out of it at the tournament because uh, it was cold the first few days, and then inside the the rink itself was pretty chilly. But anyways, I digress. Um, but the, a couple hold of things. On, I stop. Stop one minute before you get there. Okay. Nick, you want to tell uh, Stephen what cold is? <laughs> cold for a Vegas kid is different than cold for a Minnesota kid, I'm sure. Isn't cold for a Vegas like 90 degrees Kelvin? <laughs> Something like that. Well, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be 98 degrees here, I think, on 4th of July. I think that might be pretty chilly. Uh, yeah, that's my there. kind of cold right there, boy. Let me tell you that right now. They said it's going to be the coldest fourth of July here in about a decade. So that's going to be nice. At 96, I think, or 98. So nice. I that's love it. Nick, Nick, I didn't want to leave you out, but I know you don't have uh, a lot of time to follow ACHA because 
we've got you focused on another area. But um, Stephen, go ahead with your points, and you guys interject anything if you need to. We got a couple more minutes to spend on ACHA. Okay, so a couple things that I really uh, got from the national tournament. Uh, how about Ohio University of Ohio University? They were the 15 seed going into the national tournament, and their first uh, they had to win their the first you know the, the 13 through 20 seeds play the first day, and then the winners of those games go on to play seeds one through four. Well, Ohio had won their first game, and so they had to play the next day against Minot State, who has a lot of experience in the national tournament, has, has certainly won before. A new coach, uh, this was the first year with a new coach after the long tenure of, of Wade Regeer, and he, he's uh, re stepping down, retiring, whatever you want to call what he what he did. Um, so new guy in there, but still a lot of experience with winning. And so you got Ohio, who is 15, but they've they've been ranked higher before in previous years, and so it wasn't... Uh, new to them, the ACHA tournament, and, and they upset Minot State, and that was so exciting just to see the excitement of the team and the, and the players involved and, and the personnel involved and that were there. Um, those kind of things are always great. A lot of times the ACHA tournament kind of stays kind of chalk, really. You don't see a lot of necessarily those kind of upsets in those first couple of rounds. You, you know, the first day you get the 13 to 20, you might see an upset, but those teams are pretty close together usually some, sometimes. But, you know, then they got to play one through four, which is usually the best of the best in the league. So having that upset in that, in that second day was, was really exciting for them. And for Minot State, probably some teams were probably excited to see Minot State get knocked out pretty early on. But <laughs> Oh, I'm telling you, there were a lot of teams that yeah. were excited about that, I'm oh, sure. Yeah, so Knock that was – Knock off the big dog. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And then – um, the other two, the other notes from the tournament, four WCHL teams, uh, which we focus a lot on, obviously here, um, in the in the tournament field, which was exciting. You had two that made the the final four. Um, well, I'll mention the four that made it. You had Central Oklahoma, Missouri State, UNLV, and and Arizona, Paul's favorite uh, school there, um, made the tournament. And then, who? <laughs> Exactly. But they didn't make it very far, so you can get solace in that. <laughs> um, but they had two two teams in the final four, and they faced off each other. That was pretty exciting. You had UNLV, which was their deepest run that they've ever had at the tournament at that level, especially. And so that was a great for them. And then you had Central Oklahoma, which is going to be my next point, um, playing each other. So one of them was going to make the championship game in itself. So that was uh, exciting. Uh, so my final point on that is Central Oklahoma. And boy, I tell you, this was, I mean, the, the run that they had at the national tournament was exciting because they, they played so much hockey because they had to play a lot of overtime games. They had, a, I think they had an, an overtime winner, the, their second game, I believe. And then, then they had that five overtime uh, thriller against, uh, I believe it was Iowa State. And then, then they played against UNLV and, and they beat UNLV, the only team that UNLV lost to three times. Then they they competed pretty good with Lindenwood, I thought, at least in that first period. They were, like, tied, I think, after the first period. Then Lindenwood ended up doing what they did and, and dominated and ended up winning the game. So Central Oklahoma was one of the, the, the really storylines. I mean, and getting to talk to the, the coach after almost every win, they were excited to talk to me because they, they usually meant that they were winning the, the game. So they were, they were excited to see me, Michael Rivera. We're just like, glad somebody was excited to talk to you. Yeah, that's, that, we that, were glad that, that's true. That's true. That's true. I don't think Rick Zama was excited to talk to me, but he was, he was doing it. Doing it to, <laughs> oh, I love it. That, Zon, that's another discussion. Yeah. Well, that's no, a I, great way to end it right there. So, so you, you had a really good time. You did a really good job covering it. We thank you for that. 
Uh, I will cap off ACHA hockey. I know we could talk on for hours about it, but I will cap it off by saying welcome to San Diego State and Oregon, which will be joining the uh, ACHA D1 ranks. They won't be in a conference. They'll be independent. But if you ask Kirk Handy at Liberty, there's nothing wrong with being independent, especially when you're starting up. Well, so, and, um, and, 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 and real quick, I know we'll have time to preview next year, but uh, in future shows, but next year is even going to be, I, I'm already excited about next year because I'll, two things I'll mention, UNLV adding some NCAA opponents to their schedule for next season, going to start their season at, at the Denver, and then they're going to play some games against uh, Alaska, and then they're going to host them, and then Liberty's going to do that, and they're going to play each other. So that, I'm literally looking forward to that. That's going to be exciting because – and and there's also a showcase that was announced that yeah. uh, I believe uh, Nick Raboni held out on the sun coming up <laughs> in uh, the first weekend in December yeah. uh, from what I saw from the San Diego State schedule. So let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Let's jump into NCAA action in about two minutes. aspirations await you on our picturesque campus, state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. Indeed it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight as we do our uh, four-person roundtable. The experts, as I like to say, on the uh, Ice Time Hockey West and Ice Tea, ITHSW podcast. Scott Strandy with you in Denver. Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. Stephen Marsh in Las Vegas. And Nick Maxson in Minnesota. Man, we got the entire country covered, guys. Uh, thanks again for, for joining in. Uh, the first segment, complete now with ACHA Talk. It's time to talk NCAA hockey. Paul, kick us off since you're an NCAA man. Well, I'm just curious. is if, if somebody wanted to ask us a question, would they be able to do that right now? What do you think? Oh, I don't know. I'm asking, is there a way for them to do that? Like, say, maybe a text message line? Yeah. Yeah, there certainly is. Do you know that number by chance? 
do I know that number? I actually I do. I just have to dig it out. I have a it. Pile of paper. That's part three, of his. Three, that's oh, part of his crack research that he does for the show. Three oh three. Three oh three. Nine four three. Nine four three. Three seven three, seven two. Yeah. Text in if you have any questions for us, and and we'll get to it. So, Paul, give us a, a quick thumbnail of what you saw in NCAA hockey over the past season. Well, listen. I mean, um, we saw a a a a couple of runs that uh, that. I can't say they weren't expected, right? I mean, Minnesota State and Denver going to the championship game of the Frozen Four, uh, not exactly, uh, you know, ringing the bells in in Stevens Vegas there as underdogs. Um, You know, they beat a couple of teams from the Big Ten in Michigan and Minnesota that uh, had a lot of NHL draft picks on them, a lot of high NHL draft picks on them. right, we see the expansion of a game again. Uh, we got Lindenwood coming in next year. Uh, Team Mystery, as I like to call them up there, at Stonehill, Massachusetts. Um, they, they did uh, have one player, that uh, a goalie that committed to them publicly. I mean, that's the only thing we know. Um, you know, we get uh, Alaska Anchorage back this year. Uh, and we thought we were going to lose a lot of teams. And Robert Robert Morris in another year. And yeah, Robert Morris will be coming back with Augustana. So uh, that part of things uh, just uh, is filling that five pound bag with more than five pounds of stuff right now. And we're just waiting for the transformation committee to do their thing before uh, things get straightened out with the. Uh, we know a conference realignment will be coming somewhere. So, um, absolutely. On the ice, the NCHC took its rightful place uh, as it once again uh, was the best conference in the country. Um, we saw UMass, the former defending, you know, the, the 2021 champions, uh, get off to a slow start. Um, and turn that around. Um, we saw a World Junior Championship get postponed <laughs> to next month. Right. Um, uh, you know, we're getting ready for new buildings. Um, just as we sit here and, 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 and look at what happened throughout the country, um, you know, it was the first year of the CCHA. Um, and everybody got what they expected in a uh, a, a national finalist in Minnesota State. Uh, we also learned that uh, maybe there's a better way to do instant replay, thanks to the CCHA. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Speaking um, of, before we jump into the CCHA deeper, I want to bring Nick on to this one because, Nick, uh, we also got a new commissioner in the NCHC, somebody you're – very familiar with we had her on the program on uh, monday night um tell us a little bit about what you know of heather weems and what kind of job you think she'll do at the nchc i think she's going to do essentially pick up right where uh josh fenton left uh, left off um 
And I think the biggest question that Paul was, was reckoning, it's not just, I think all of college hockey is due for some conference realignments. And I don't think the NCHC is, is immune from that. Um, I think that the biggest things that Heather Weems would like to see would be maybe more a bit of a balance and a consistency in the broadcast product. Um, me being a St. Cloud State guy, um, I have no bias there at all. Um, but <laughs> uh, listen, uh, no. I, listen, Nick, you can you can say you have no bias. Um, I will tell you that um, the because you guys had uh, actual broadcasts, um, etc. It was not like every St. Cloud game that I got to watch from from St. Cloud was an actual broadcast, and not just through the jumbotron and schools need to figure that out because a lot of those broadcasts through those jumbotrons are awful. Yeah. And again, the biggest thing we've talked about this is the, uh, is the money commitment to, to all of that. Right. So it's um, I think that's where the NCHC uh, needs to make its biggest improvement is in their, in their app or their streaming. It sounds like they've made a couple of moves this off season to try to address that um, whether or not that those will, uh, retain results, at least from the viewer side, will will yet to be seen. But I think that uh, trying to build on uh, the NCHC broadcast product is probably the big thing. Um, and looking at the possibility of expansion. And I don't think you have to look far. I think Augustana going to the CCA, uh, CCHA opens up some doors. And um, I know that everybody has got their eye in St. Thomas down in St. Paul. That's got uh, some pretty deep pockets and as well as attached to the Minneapolis St. Paul market, which would be huge for the NCHC if they were to pick up even St. Thomas as young as they are. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, I truly, be- I truly believe that. <laughs> that's well, listen, uh, that's the first time I've heard something like that mentioned. That's, that's uh, okay. That's interesting. I have kind of like no- a trade. And almost I like would think that there is, trade, yeah. so to speak. I would think so. I think I, I, we've heard some rumblings that Western Michigan and especially Miami, um, uh, maybe some of those teams that could be involved in such a trade, even though it wouldn't be a, technically a trade, right? Um, oh, no, but that would be great. That would be good fodder. Right. <laughs> um, but at the uh, – at the end of it, I think that there's some room for growth. Uh, I think that there's uh, there's room to t- tweak a few things, but overall, the NCAT is in a really good spot. There's not a whole lot about the the scheduling or the styling that that has to really change. They got some great programs with great coaches, and you know she she's going to take it and run with it. And uh, again, I think she will just continue to build on the vision that Josh Fenton laid down for this conference, so it continues to be the best in college hockey. Hey, hold hold tight just a minute. I got a gas can I want to pour on this fire. Yes, that's what we like. How, how about St. Thomas and Arizona State making the move to the NCHC to make it a ten-team conference? Uh, okay. Kaboom. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, that would be a little bit more traveling involved. That'd be a little bit more traveling involved, wouldn't it, for the conference? It'd be a lot of travel. Why? Minneapolis but, to Phoenix is how hard is that? They were already really doing that, weren't they? What the uh, what they thought was going to be a an invite from the Big Ten um, the last couple of years that never came about. So I mean, really, what else? I mean, what really difference in the schedule hat would it be? I don't know, but I, they didn't give up twenty four. They they got twenty four home games this year. So coming up, 
in the new building. So I, there was no way they're giving those up. No, not for a couple of years, that's for sure. Uh, so, but that would be interesting. I think that would keep the strength of the NCHC uh, pretty solid. St. Thomas, as we know, with Rico Blasi, is only going to get better. Uh, we know what Greg Powers has done at Arizona State. Um, I'll interject this from the NCAA side of things. Um, the national champions are right here in my backyard. The Denver Pioneers, who I thought uh, were well, one that's of the, nice. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll tell you this. There's two things that I saw in Colorado hockey this year with my time here. Um, and, and the first word is focus. I believe that uh, the Avalanche and the Pioneers were on a um, mirror image of each other as far as focus. They both knew what they wanted to do from the very start. Um, at Denver, it started quietly in the summertime, and uh, it just kept building until they crescendoed in Boston. And uh, for the Colorado Avalanche, uh, the preaching began in spring training. Uh, not spring training. Uh, <laughs> we're back on baseball season. He's, you got Sorry. baseball back on your mind there. <laughs> anyway, it, it started in training camp, and uh, Jared Bednar preached the same thing basically from the start to the finish, and it ends up in a Stanley Cup championship. By the way, there will be a parade tomorrow at 10 a.m. through Denver. Uh, I understand the rain will hold off until afternoon. So all good news on that. But that's my interjection on the NCAA side of things. Well, um, I will I will t- tell people as well, and then, Paul, you can jump in, um, that we are adding uh, some new teams. Lindenwood and both Alaska's will be part of our coverage area this year, which ups us to seven in the uh, NCAA ranks, and we are thrilled. Yeah, well, the Road Warriors and Lindenwood uh... – uh, are going to get a, a heavy dose of plane tickets and 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 yeah, they're going to rack up a lot food. of uh, they're going to rack frequent up a lot of uh, yeah. Southwest miles or whatever. A lot of frequent fire miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, fortunately for them, none of their trips are going to be that long because they're smack dab in the middle of the country. So, yeah. um, which is why they went to have the ACHA tournament there because it was in the center of the country. So now that Lindenwood's going to be doing a lot of traveling, they'll be easier for them. I think we saw a couple of things this year in college hockey from a, an overall perspective. I think the two, uh, I think hockey East was, was down this year, despite UMass uh, being the defending national champions. Uh, at least they started very slowly. Uh, the Boston schools started very slowly and, you know, eventually came on in the end, but it was too late. It made it very difficult for them to have a chance at the NCAA tournament. Because, you know, they, they, they struggled in October and November and even into December before they kind of got it so, turned around. Um, let, me ask Nick, let me ask Nick this, Paul, if I can. Um, the, uh, the portal has been the uh, topic, but what the heck has happened uh, with the maroon and gold team right down the street from you? Um, because there seems to be chaos in a team that went to the Frozen Four. That's what it appears like. Now, I don't know if there's correlation between um, a head coach uh, with the program. It's easy to see that, especially when you have guys that are, are decommitting uh, and going to essentially a Big Ten rival. You have guys that are signing after a year or two. Um, you know, sometimes it's not great fits. Sometimes it's a player believes that he can make a jump and he's ready to make that jump. I'm not sure. I, I don't think we've seen, 
at least enough in depth, whether that's really the case, because otherwise, you know, we would be hearing things about uh, uh, Logan Cooley and, and Jimmy Snuggerud uh, possibly in their decommitments. But from the outside perspective, it certainly looks that way. Uh, but I don't I don't necessarily read it that way. If we're, if we're seeing this back to back off seasons and more so, and then I think you have an argument. But again, you know, you just have to look back not that far for Bob Motzko at St. Cloud. You know, he had guys uh, that would come up, spend a year or two, and then they would sign pro deals. So this is not out of the ordinary for him. Uh, the decommitments maybe a little bit. Um, but again, this is one off season. Uh, this is different players, different time frames. Uh, I'm not sure if I buy the entire argument that there's chaos at the University of Minnesota. I think there's just some unique circumstances with uh, unique people that have just made it look like there's more than really what there is. Yeah, well said. Um, also, yeah, you know, we have Michigan State getting a new coach. Uh, we assume Michigan is not changing coaches. Uh, it's the first time that uh, – There you go again with that assume word. You know what that means, well, right? Well, uh, I understand what it means, but it's it's almost July and they haven't done it. So <laughs> it would be kind of weird to do it at this point. Um, it's, I, I think it's the first time ever that BU and BC uh, changed coaches at the same time. Yeah, from long-time um, coaches. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and basically, uh, you know, the ECAC was down outside of a couple of teams. And and, and it's hard to know why. I, I mean, I guess they're still feeling the effects of COVID and et cetera. Um, the one thing that, we, that I did uh, – on a positive note on this side of the country. Um, I know it didn't work out that way, but I, I think th that AIC came as close as any team in that conference or in Atlantic hockey has come to uh, getting an at-large bid into the tournament. And and we, and, and, and honestly, I, that, that can only be considered a good thing. If, if, if you're getting teams from a team from that conference, they were just, they, they were right there. You know, normally that I've... team from that conference, when it comes down to the end of the season, there's no discussion of an at-large bid. Yep. Had had things you gone just, there. just you know, had you know, they were twentieth. They were right there. Usually that conference winner's in the thirties. That's a big Nick. jump. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, you got any comments on the uh the Big Ten? I think the Big Ten, um, especially with Mel Pearson's thing, oh my goodness. Uh I'm not as sold as as you are, Paul, that they're not making a change. I think that there's a lot of smoke. Um, and when I say smoke, I smoke screen that's being played off by both the university and the program. Because mind you, both are under internal investigations with some other programs in that university too, uh, partly for, for co uh, proper COVID um, reporting as well as some other things uh, like not playing an interstate rival. Uh, 
we'll Ooh, we'll just leave problem? it at that. I uh, yeah, Whoa, right? Wait. What? Is that, that you can't do that? I'm sorry. That's crazy, that? right? <laughs> so oh, I'm sorry. It, it's it, in I'm going to go off in a little bit, but doesn't it remind you of the New York Jets and the Ryan Fitzpatrick holdout where, <laughs> you know, he, you don't give him a contract. The university is not doing anything to replace him. They're going to hold out until July. Now, if the university were to come out with certain allegations that some are being rumored to have, then I could see Mel, you know, say officially being gone, even though he doesn't have a contract. He's not officially part of the organization. Yeah, which but is- why wait? Why wait? I think the biggest question is for when there's so much things for a coaching staff to do in an off season, um, you know, lead through a workout program, uh, making sure you're, you're keeping in contact, introducing your new recruits to the program. There's so many of those things that have to be done. And without somebody at the home to operate it, you at some point you can't wait long enough. Um, and the question is how long is Michigan willing to wait? Um, I think it's interesting. Um, it, it's, 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 it, it just it shows signs that the, there's something that's being hidden. Of course, we don't know exactly what's going on behind closed doors, but it, it does give off a, a bad impression. I, I think the Big Ten, um, back to your point, Scott, uh, really showed that it's it can be a competitor, that it can uh, be just as good as the NCHC or Hockey East. Um, so I, I think that's there to stay. But again, Michigan being sort of the uh, uh, the big player from last year, um, has a lot of answers that it has going to have to give out for uh, some of the things that they've kept pretty quiet over the last uh, few months. And, and, and honestly, if there is a, a place that could survive this kind of, uh, and, I'll, and I'll use your word, smokescreen, uh, this is probably it. Because of the, you know, the history and, and, and the resources, et cetera, that they have. So... Well, the other thing I'll kind of wrap up by NCAA hockey talk tonight uh, about uh, what I'm seeing is a very, very improved base of college hockey players making the jump. Steven and I have both had the chance to see some college players make the jump into the uh, AHL. And I'm going to talk about the Minnesota State kid, Wyatt Amit, who I saw up close and personal here with the Colorado Eagles. And boy, did he take control comes in gets a couple of games at the end of the year and uh, makes the uh, playoff lineup and the Eagles went pretty deep and uh, if you can just jump right out of NCAA hockey and uh, move right into that level and not really miss a beat and become a part of a playoff team um, I think that's saying something anyone (laughs) oh well listen and not just be a part of a playoff roster he was a top pair D guy wasn't he uh, I don't think he was top pair. He was second pair, but he did a lot right. of penalty killing. Um, they spent a lot of time on the penalty kill and uh, learned an awful lot. And when people talk about the avalanche, you know, what are they going to do with the Johnsons? They're both getting up there in years. And how many more years will they have? Well, let me give you two names, Wyatt Amit and Sean Barons, both coming in the pipeline uh, in the next uh, two years. And uh, Wyatt may challenge this year if his uh, ascension uh, and improvement continues. Steven had a chance to see a Michigan kid uh, come to Vegas. Uh, Steven, if you can quickly wrap up what you saw with uh, um, Mr. Brisson. Well, I think very similar to that. I mean, he, he obviously had a very successful career in, in Michigan and obviously played in the, the, the championship game, like losing to Denver. But then 
but then coming out to uh, to Henderson and uh, and and starting with the Silver Knights and and what a what a start he had. I think he had seven games in in his uh, time here in the regular season, and he got three goals, five assists, eight points. But a lot of that was like his first or th- three games. And I think the last few he didn't quite get as many points. But I mean, he's got. A, I think he got a. Let me just set the scene. Eight minutes uh, into the, his first game as a Silver Knight at the at the Dollar Loan Center, he gets a goal the same way he scores goals at the the NCAA level. I mean, it's it, nothing changed, and he was able to to get it in. And and yeah, those first few games for Brisson at the Silver uh, Knights of at the AHL level were, were were great. I think we we saw quite a few uh, college players get kind of an opportunity with the Silver Knights. Silver Knights roster kind of shuffled around the whole year and needed some some spots to fill as as a lot of the silver knights were going up and down so it's uh an injury so uh, but yeah Brisson was real impressive and and also yeah, the two playoff games that the silver knights were in and wasn't uh, didn't get a point in those games but still to get that experience is is really good and i and i think the, the golden knights are are really going to look at them hard you know we got development camp coming up here next next few weeks and of course training camp again and it's sooner than we know it um, there's some salary cap things that the Golden Knights will have to sort out. He he might find himself on a on the roster sooner rather than later. Maybe 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 right out of camp. I don't know. If not this year, he'll certainly get some more heavily heavy playing time in Henderson for sure. And then you know maybe the opportunity will will arise pretty fast. There's a new coach in town in this in the new coaching staff for the most part in Vegas. So that that can always maybe be a, a beneficial thing. Get some fresh there's you know fresh eyes or whatever. So. We'll, We'll see what happens, but uh, um, I, I don't yeah, think I, if 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 he's if he can help improve the Vegas power play along with the coach, the new coach, then uh, he'll find a spot on there. Plus, he's going to be a lot. He's going to be very cheap, which uh, the Golden Knights might need might need some <laughs> some, uh, some things, relief there. Things so. you never heard said in Vegas. Things need to be cheap. Yeah, well, I mean that's the situation. <laughs> Unless there. you're going to a buffet, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, let's take. Yeah. Let's those aren't those aren't break. very cheap anymore, though the buffets. Yeah, I know. I I've experienced that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's jump into AHL talk in about two minutes. ULP Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest as a premier ACHA Division One university. UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with Summer Skates. Officially licensed Summer Skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your Summer Skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com.
All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Uh, tonight's the roundtable. It is the uh, last show that we will do in this fiscal year for our uh, Ice Time Hockey Southwest, now becoming Ice Time Hockey West. I let it out of the bag. Um, we'll get into that in just a minute. Um, ACHA complete, NCAA complete. Now we're talking AHL. Um, I'm going to start from the new and go backwards. So, so, Nick, I'm going to leave you in on this one right now. Um, how excited are you to see our expansion uh, into AHL hockey? Stephen and I have been there for a couple of years now, and, and we're growing. But uh, we got a new project. I'm going to let you introduce it and uh, let people know what uh, what our plans are. Yeah, very excited. Uh, you know, especially coming from NCAA hockey, as we just discussed. You know, you get to see these uh, – either their graduates or those who sign uh, get their first crack at professional hockey and then can uh, continue to see them develop. And you hope that they get a shot at the, uh, the NHL, the, the show, as they call it. Um, and we're going to be covering that. Um, I, I think that the big announcement is uh, we'll be, uh, you know, really getting up and close and personal with these uh, athletes, uh, the executive offices, uh, the trainees, the trainers, uh, you name it. We're going to uh, bring the stories to the, uh, the American Hockey League. Uh, we'll be covering it all for the Southwest with uh, some videos, some interviews, some good features um, on a daily show that we'll be releasing every Thursday at 7.30 on the uh, Ice Time Hockey Southwest YouTube channel. Um, and happy to be a part of uh, the video production and the content and development of that project. And uh, hoping to bring at least uh, one or two features a week uh and just you know kind of go from there so uh that's sort of the new adventure and uh very excited to be a part of the professional hockey landscape and uh i can get to uh know the players the coaches the teams and uh share the unique uh stories of uh of their development and how they got to that point all right steven you've been uh you've been involved with uh very close with the henderson silver knights um if you can give us as a close as I'll let me get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, give us a thumbnail of what you've seen in AHL hockey, and uh, you you've seen the movement, especially this last year, up and down. And uh, talk a little bit about you can about what it takes to play AHL hockey versus NHL hockey, and how close are those two leagues? Yeah, I think of a seesaw. I was uh, it was like a seesaw battle all year all year long between the the American Hockey League and the NHL and and particularly with the teams out here in Vegas, because everyone may be familiar, of course, with the Golden Knights uh, situation this year, over 500 man games lost to injury. So a lot of that, they, they needed a lot of uh, help from the American Hockey League. And, of course, that's where the Henderson Silver Knights came in and were able to call a lot of the players. In fact, I wrote down, and I don't think I included everybody on this list, but I think several HSK players uh, made their NHL debuts this year. Bob Cotter, uh, Ron Bierg, LeCision, uh, ben, jo- uh, ben Jones, um, Daniel Marimanov. Um, I'm sure I'm missing somebody. Uh, uh, Thompson, Logan Thompson, really 
really uh, shined this year and the opportunities he got, especially late in the late in the seasons. The Golden Knights were trying to fight fight into that final playoff spot, and the other goaltenders were were hurt essentially and couldn't play. So uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, and that's and we've talked about this before. I think that's the the design of the American Hockey League is to get the players prepared for the opportunity to get to the NHL level if that opportunity arises. And and I think it was was great to see a lot of the players get that chance. In fact, I, I've joked a lot of times that it was like the Vegas Golden Knights was like the was like the Henderson Silver Knights light. You know, it was like half the roster was like <laughs> AHL players, which was partly why they 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 missed the playoffs this year, among other things. But uh, the Golden Knights did. But uh, yeah, so I think that was uh, exciting and. And I think we're seeing that, you know, the league moved out west a few years ago, and a lot of these teams out west, the NHL teams, want their affiliates to be uh, fairly close to them, uh, up in proximity. Uh, really came in handy during the COVID COVID season because of the uh, the taxi squads and being able to bring players to and from very very easily. And that was the Silver Knights' first season, and that really proved to be uh, prophetic almost because they certainly were beneficiary of that. I think that's why we saw the, the news that came out during the, the playoffs uh, with Stockton with the Calgary Flames, going to move Stockton Heat back up to Cal- they're going to move them to Calgary, so they're going to be really close. But that closes a chapter of, of hockey in Stockton for 17 years, and I think seven at the American Hockey League level with this affiliation. So, um, so that's sad for the folks in Stockton there, but Calgary is not going to have their AHL affiliate really close. Ontario's and the Kings are close. You know the 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 Arizona teams are close. Everybody's kind of in close proximity out here west, which is, I think, going to be certainly beneficial. But, uh, you know, from Silver Knights' perspective, a couple of things that stuck out to me, of course, the, uh, the the opening of the Dollar Loan Center out here in Henderson, beautiful facility, about 6,000 seats, a little less than that. Uh, great place for, for a hockey game. And they got to play a, their final 10 regular season games there at the Dollar Loan Center after closing a, a brief chapter at the Orleans Arena here in town. And uh, so... A great uh, chapter beginning at the Dollar Loan Center. Didn't get to play any playoff games uh, this season because of the way the, the the playoff format went, and Silver Knights had to go to Colorado and got eliminated by them in Colorado. So uh, when they have playoff games here in the future, I can only imagine it's going to be electric because um, certainly that first game was electric with the Dollar Loan Center, and I think as they get to play more and more there, that's going to be electric. And, and that kind of leads let, to let, another – go ahead. Let me, let, let me jump in on this one because it ties into electric crowds. Um, how did you en- how did you enjoy your visit to Colorado <laughs> I, and specifically I, the Budweiser uh, Event Center? Yeah, I have that further down my list here in all caps, uh, <laughs> cowbells, <laughs> because uh, yeah, that was I was gonna get to that with Colorado. I mean, that you talk about a great environment too. That was uh, I, I hadn't experienced something like that in well, probably ever. I mean, it was quite a quite a crowd for a for an American Hockey League game. Certainly, I mean, I've been in T-Mobile and that those those environments are, are something. But something about having Basically, everybody with a cowbell, 5,000 people doing cowbells for <laughs> minutes on end, that just really will rattle you. And I think it, that's by design. If it rattles a little media guy like myself, uh, I'm sure it doesn't rattle the hockey players, but it, it might a little bit. I don't know. But uh, it certainly gives them a good advantage there at home. Obviously, the altitude and everything that always plays a factor when you play in the in Denver area or certainly in the Colorado region. And uh, so, yeah, it was – It was. I mean, I hadn't been – to their place, yeah, that was the first time I was there, and it was it was quite a quite an environment for a American Hockey League, game, which is what you want. You want those kind of environments. I joked that I didn't like the Cowboys; it was you know it drove me crazy, <laughs> ringing in my ears and stuff. But but I think that that is what you want because you you saw the kind of the other end of that when you followed Colorado through their playoff run. You had a chance to go down to 
to Ontario, which and then Stockton as well, and visit those places. And certainly Stockton only had about a couple thousand in their building, and, and I'm sure you, it was a night and day comparison from being in Stockton for those games. Oh, uh, you're telling me, Colorado. So, hey, Stephen, you're telling me, yes, <laughs> I need, I have a prescription, and it's more cowbell. <laughs> yes, baby. Yes, <laughs> yes. Ah, yes. I love it. Somebody I had love to it. say it after after Somebody. you after you spent a night, a couple of nights in there, you, you may not need more cowbell. I think it's about as many cowbells you can get in that place. <laughs> Listen. I'm in the Midwest. That's all I hear around my side. <laughs> I am not going to comment on any of this. Uh, I, I, I know I, I told Scott the other day as I was driving around running my errands um, where I am here in Suffolk County. Um, if I drive 15 minutes in any direction, I could go from a downtown to farmland to uh just any type of uh, just all kinds of scenarios within a 15 minute drive. So um, to a beach, uh, <laughs> to a beach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just all of it. Um, so, but uh, Nick, I, I think we are and and, and we, we started seeing it already today, right. With the wild having to trade Kevin Fiala um, as, as teams get, more and more choked up against the salary cap, the the depth in the a, in the AHL that these teams have to have um, is just going to get more and more important. One hundred percent. And go ahead. It's one of those where, for the Wild, when it's self induced cap strangulation, for lack of a better word, um, it's it's not only important to to have the development, you know, and it's, it's great. They recover all facets of this, you know, whether it's the ACHA uh, college hockey, you know, the AHL, the development process to, for these GMs to be able to go down to Iowa, call up a, you know, a Matt Boldy, you know, who was really good um, this season for the wild in his first year. Um, you know, it's going to become important because every dollar, every cent is going to matter. Uh, just ask the Vegas golden Knights again. Sorry, Steve, oh, yeah. I have to, I have to hurt on you. Um, but it ended up hurting him again. The injuries, uh, and did a we'll call it some some coaching kerfuffles. We'll leave it at that. Um, but, wait, that but, was coaching kerfuffles? I don't remember that. <laughs> just just be happy that he's that same coach is still in the Western Conference. They're gonna you gained yeah. a couple of wins already, so um, yeah, yeah, he's, but it, uh, he's, he's sticking around, he's, he's sticking around, but yeah, no, Paul, it's exactly right. You know, you're gonna have to have these these cheaper options, um, until the escrow is paid off, until the NHL is in a better financial situation, at least that it says on paper. Um, to where the salary cap can grow um, and kind of get over this COVID hump. And, you know, in, in true Minnesota Wild fashion, you get finally your first real good offensive player since Marion Gabrick, and then you have projections of salary cap. You buy out these players thinking, I could probably get through this, we'll be fine. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, it doesn't happen. It's just you can't have nice things in Minnesota. You're 31 years and counting from a <laughs> championship um, in the major four. So just that's just how these things work. But yeah. Well, well, listen. I, I mean, I, I see it here too. Um, you know, you don't have you know one of those guys that got to carry that trophy real early in that celebration the other night. Salary cap casualty uh, from from the Islanders they, they just couldn't sign Devin Taves and they had that and they had to I don't want I mean two second round draft picks are not horrible but that's basically giving away uh, a guy that was at at worst 
a top four defenseman. They just, they, they just had to. Um, and, you know, they had a couple of rookies in the lineup this year, in and out of the lineup. We, you, you can debate whether they should have played more or not, but those guys being inconsistent in scoring goals, which is what, you know, is supposed to be their, their, their top skill, uh, not helping, uh, you know, a, a definitely a salary cap stretched Islanders team. Not to mention the injuries and the COVID and 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 the thirteen game road trip to start the season as they waited for the building to open, but they actually got through that opening road trip pretty decently at five hundred. But you know, if not being able to get uh, some of their younger players uh, to perform at the level that say Noah Dobson did as a still on an entry level contract defenseman. Okay. really hurt them. And now they're looking into going into this. There's not a, the cap only went up a million dollars and in professional sports. That's like a dollar to us. Normal that's folks. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Okay. And, um, they don't expect the cap to, to kind of make any like kind of legitimate jump, I guess, for another two years. I think that's kind of the, the, Thanks, Arizona Coyotes, for that. <laughs> well, we all oh, please. Are we gonna? Do, are we gonna go? Are we gonna no, go no. there? We no, don't have time. No, 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 no. We can't go there. But we okay, can't well, go down that road tonight. But listen, yeah, I'll just say this: I, uh, you, you know, it's not saying I don't know how the Players Association hasn't absolutely revolted, but that's well, another show for another. Three well, what's nights. the over? What's the over under that the, that the Coyotes are going to have to start more than thirteen games to start their season on the road? <laughs> We don't oh, know. Definitely yet. over. Definitely over. We don't. They, what's they what's don't, the over under that their name is still the Coyotes? Wow, that's that's another debate. <laughs> we could set a line on that. Are they still? Are they going to be the Arizona Coyotes by the time October rolls around? No, we don't. Well, uh, guys, I'll tell you, it's June 29th. Uh, keep your eyes peeled on July 1st and beyond, because I think decisions are going to have to be made um, one way or the other. Uh, one thing I want to kind of cap this whole discussion off on is that's fun uh, when i yeah i love it <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> uh when when and how I ironic was company, it that we had the covid we you know the covid was still a factor but it wasn't as much of a factor and then the commissioner couldn't even do the trophy presentation and, and the classic part about that is nobody wore masks except the announcers talking to the players <laughs> otherwise everybody else was maskless uh anyway uh and that's uh, my point is uh, when I started this company seven years ago, I, I wanted to do it to grow the game of hockey. Um, I can't take all the credit, but I'm going to take some of it because <laughs> the ACHA has grown. Um, when I saw it seven years ago, I was going like, Lord, what am I even, what am I even attempting this for? There was so much chaos and disarray uh, in almost every program. And now you look at it and you go, uh, if you go to an airport and you see an ACHA team, a top caliber d1 team and an ncaa d1 team you will have a very hard time telling which one is which because they have uh matching track suits they have um you know matching bags and backpacks and they all look very similar so so kudos to the acha uh, the ncaa done the same thing paul and i were told numerous times that uh look out this is a death nail uh pandemic's gonna hurt it Absolutely not. It went just the other way. Uh, Paul and I have been involved in helping to promote Robert Morris. 
Huntsville, Anchorage, uh, Fairbanks, uh, everybody that uh, we could get on, Lindenwood, anybody that we could bring on to talk about uh, growth and expansion, we did. So kudos, NCAA is growing and getting bigger. Um, AHL, my first shout out goes to everybody that works in the AHL from the, the uh, commissioner down, uh, all the media people that work in there because they graciously opened up their arms, especially in Colorado and Ontario and um, Henderson. Um, every, everywhere that we've been and asked, uh, they've been very gracious and, and uh, are just looking forward to having the support. Uh, it was a thrill for me to cover the AHL playoffs as far as I did with uh, Colorado. Stephen mentioned I made trips to Ontario and also Stockton to uh, to follow that that run, and it, it was uh, really exciting. I, I had the the good fortune of being um, I'm just going to say near the locker room. Can I say that in Colorado? <laughs> it was uh, it was a lot of fun to experience the joy of those guys, even though they didn't get as far as they wanted to. But just to see what it's like and uh, the the word the words ice bag hockey. Um, came back to me refreshed from my days of playing outdoor hockey in Minnesota because uh, those guys, um, unbelievable. And if you look at what the guys in uh, Tampa Bay and here in Colorado play with in the NHL, uh, just unbelievable what they went through. I mean, uh, Andre Burakovsky playing with a broken foot and a broken hand uh, for a number of games. Um, Val Lachuskin had a huge break in his big toe. Uh, and played uh, in the game as well. So, I mean, and then, you know, I've been awful hard on Darcy Kemper, but uh, it was revealed today that Darcy was seeing an uh, optometrist two to three times a day to retrain his eye to, to uh, focus. He, he could see, but he got blurred vision when he looked down, which is not a good thing for a goaltender. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, so I'm all excited about that. I'm excited about having and, our new. And what was the over under on the uh, the denting of the cup there? Five minutes, I think it took before the Avs <laughs> <laughs> dented it after. <laughs> I understand the trip back to uh, <laughs> back to Colorado. It uh, had a few more dents in it, so we'll see what it looks like tomorrow at the parade. But um, as Nick mentioned earlier, the uh, new great uh, great. Uh, I'm, I'm on the podcast. The new pro hockey West report debuts on july 7th if that sounds familiar folks that is draft day we will go live that day and uh steven paul nick the same cast and crew that's here right now will give their two cents worth on what's happening in the draft picks um i i have to touch on it before we leave uh but the uh the strangeness and paul you can attest to this the strangeness of an nhl team playing in your multi-purpose building at arizona state it's just something that uh, I don't know how we're all going to get over if, in fact, it actually happens. And uh, until I see them play a game, uh, I'm not going to believe it. Well, listen, I mean, um, the way certain people are approaching it, and I don't agree with this with this approach at all, um, is that what's the difference if you have a concert in there or another hockey game? Well, Okay. Um, Pretty big difference. Slightly. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, and, and I have made sure, at least to the best of my ability, that it, it just know if you, in my presence, if you call this anything that has to do with the, the, the coyotes in terms of 
whose building it is, et cetera, et cetera, and know that I will shut you down immediately. It is not the Coyotes' new intimate setting. They're tenants. They're paying let, rent, let me also, period. Can I, can I interject this? If they've even um, paid it yet. They, there's talk that the Coyotes were a big uh, helper in uh, building that arena. Yeah, you're funny. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. And, and, okay. and well, like they built said, quite a tax debt at the other one. So how the heck do they do that to the other one? Well, yeah. Well, so here's here, here's the thing. Gonna... And I, I, I've said this at nauseum, and Paul knows it. Um, Steven knows it. I'm sure Nick has heard me say it as well. But um, I, I'm not anti coyote. What I am is nope. pro, pro Arizona State. And, uh, Greg I feel Powers bad for them. I feel bad for them. Yeah. I... Yeah. Greg Powers had a vision. Uh, it came to fruition. This was supposed to be his crowning jewel of college hockey in the West. 24 home games. Every major holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, is going to be uh, occupied by uh, Sun Devil Hockey. And I feel bad that they're kind of getting some of the thunder stolen. Uh, I appreciate and I can fully appreciate the fact that they – wanted to help out their fellow brethren if we can in uh, in hockey and give them an alternative place to play but let, let's be realistic here guys 4700 to 5000 seats um and this is not a slow go uh, I, I mean this is a slow go it's not going to happen in a year two three at minimum four probably five if at all that this new building gets built there's just so many hurdles to jump through and uh i i think um that that's the thing that I'm um, most disappointed in is that ASU has to share that. And if, if people don't think that's real, um, walk with me through Colorado for a day and uh, find out how many people will tell you that, um, that, that the very same thing. I mean, this was supposed to be ASU's uh, crowning jewel. And I keep saying that. And now it's uh, just tainted slightly. Uh, Greg will do a great job about, Getting, getting his team recognized and, and the home dates that they have and the game times that they have. But uh, it's just not a good fit. And anybody that tells you that this is there's precedence for doing this, Paul, there is not, is there? Uh, no, not, not like this. Because when they did it in Calgary at the old Calgary Stampede Corral, where they had about 7,500 seats, they were already in the process of actually building a building. This, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that Calgary Stampede did not host a college team, an NCAA team. Uh, well, no, no, they don't have NCAA hockey up in Canada. <laughs> exactly. Okay, But the so, fact of the matter is that building was already in the works, unlike a certain other building that is still being discussed. It, it's being discussed in the, in the raw sense of the word where they haven't even – um, been able to agree on whether they want them as the, the people to build it. Um, you know, there's so many questions involved and uh, that will uh, play itself out over time. Um, and Nick, I want to jump to you on the, uh, on the uh, new building going up in uh, Coachella Valley, the newest AHL team that we'll cover. Uh, Paul's already excited because he wants to go out there and see Joey Decord. And don't forget uh, the one that's there. San Jose's got one coming too. With the, they're finishing up. Yes, Texas. they do. Yeah, they're, they're, that's where the rookie camp is going to be. So maybe we'll all find ourselves and find the way to San Jose up there in, uh, in a few months for the rookie camp. <laughs> Nick, your thoughts on yeah. uh, Coachella Valley and uh, 
what's been going on there. They, they've been pretty secretive. Uh, I had to drive by there a couple times just to make sure I knew where the building was. I, I knew where it was, <laughs> but, but just to see it construction underway was kind of fun. It's a, if you look at the renditions and the design, I mean, it's going to be quite the crown jewel for American hockey league building. Um, very California design, um, sort of that, what do you call it? Modern, uh, design with wood and, and white color. I mean, it's a 11,000 seat stadium that can also be used for, for concerts. Now the one side of the ice is, it's kind of goofy because it's almost like they have it set for a stage. So some of that seating on that side will be a little bit, uh, maybe awkward for some fans, but, um, it's, it's going to be great. Um, I, I just, I'm curious and Paul, it's cold up here in Minnesota at times during the year. It's also incredibly hot in Palm Desert. I'm curious as to how they're going to keep the ice frozen down there at Akershire Arena, uh, just because of how much heat is is in that. Hey, hey they do it. They do it here in Las Vegas. So <laughs> do it um, here. And we're waiting for a test ice in Tempe. So <laughs> yes. Yeah, and let me tell you, there's a there's a big difference, uh, Nick, between hot in uh, Coachella Valley or Indio, uh, where it's officially located. And uh, Tampa Bay, for example, it's called humidity. Uh, with that not playing a role, um, you can tell the difference. Like you can see it. Uh, Oceanside is one of the coldest arenas I've ever been in uh, year round. And uh, and that's an old building with uh, not much insulation. But uh, the only time that it got bad there was when humidity snuck in during the monsoon season. So uh, I think they'll be fine. I think the, the, the group that's building it knows what they're doing. And I think... Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I know people uh, will want to jump out of the desert and come in, and uh, that should help sales and tickets for sure. I think so too. And if the the product on the ice is good, it should be. They've got uh, a head coach uh, in Dan Bilesma. Um, should somebody else sit with the Seattle Kraken falter? Um, don't tell me that that isn't maybe some product placement, to put it lightly. Um, but they're bringing, they're bringing in some names to, to, to attract, um, and, uh, you know, Seattle's going to have some, some good young talent to take a look at and introduce the game of hockey. sounds like the organization is also trying to develop, uh, like a roller hockey type of community outreach to grow the game that way within the community. Um, and again, uh, with the, with the, uh, the group that's doing Seattle, it's now doing Coachella and rumors is they're also involved in some Las Vegas ventures as well. Uh, I think, um, again, they've had some successful ventures and I think this will be another one. It's going to be actually fun to see. The big question is you talk about road and, and home schedule. Sounds like they're going to start potentially up in Seattle because the arena is not due to be completed in construction until December. And then it's going to be quite the move to get the entire organization down to California from the Washington state area. So that's the one big thing I'm going to be watching for. Um, but again, uh, kind of fun to welcome in the new organization, uh, part of the Seattle expansion. And um, a lot of things right so far in this arena is really going to be a, a, a gem. Well, and, and just all the all the facilities that are out here in the Pacific Division of the American Hockey League, you're going to have that one. I mentioned the one in San Jose is supposed to be really nice. you got the new one here in, in Henderson with the Dollar Loan Center. You're, yeah, Ontario's looks like is nice from what I've seen uh, in, in pictures and video and stuff. Um, you're going to, Arizona's, you know, is down there, but they've, they've, they've got a pretty decent sized one. And just, uh, I don't know about the one up in, uh, Canada there. They're going to, of course, Calgary's going to be up there now, but you know, all these facilities that we have in this, 
in this uh, Colorado. Certainly, I can't forget them. They're they're they've got a inv- nice uh, nice setup there. So it's just awesome. and they got cowbells and cow- <laughs> and cowbells exactly. Okay. So I, I hate to it's cut tuned you off acoustics season, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are down to about three minutes of showtime left. Uh, Steven's got to do his read. I just want to cap everything off by saying a big thank you to all of our listeners. We are uh, well over 27,000 downloads. I was just told by uh, Podbean today that we have 3,000 plus live listeners, which is even better because we love live listeners. We hope that yeah. the uh, text line catches on and we go from there and uh, we'll say, uh, we'll say good night and, uh, have a very happy and safe 4th of July if we don't talk to you before then. Paul and I will be back Sunday night on uh, July 3rd to uh, to bring you another College Hockey uh, West live show. Nick, thanks for being the free agent that we've coveted. And uh, let's let's go make this thing big and better and, uh, and grow this thing out of the world. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> We want to make a long-term deal, my friend. So let's uh, let's get this thing done. Let's get it rolling. Don't miss the new debut of Pro Hockey West Report, uh, July 7th. Stephen, take it away. You got uh, two minutes. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, Show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive, boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. Durian and Sweets, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight JD Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at Liberty.edu. And buy Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food, fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast, all of the Ice Time Hockey SW Podcasts, live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the Icetime Hockey SW.com network, or soon part of the Icetime Hockey West network. Guys, thanks for uh, for being a part of this tonight. I'll leave this on Connor McGahee. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here because this party is over. Good night, everybody. <laughs>